The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. And do we have a show for you this weekend? We're going to be talking about faith. Now, I know some of you, you know, are familiar with faith. If you're a Christian, you're familiar with faith. So you're probably thinking, well, I've heard a bunch of this before. But as you know, here at the prophetic voice of our time, we always look to bring teachings and messages that are fresh manna from heaven. We don't really like to go rehashing over new ground. And whenever we repeat or go back on an old message, there's always a new freshness to it. There's something really interesting about the Bible, how you can read the same passage over and over again, and you can always glean something new from it. So that's what we're going to be doing a little bit with you guys here today. And by the end of this broadcast, you're going to be thinking about faith in a different way. So as we know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we hear about that in Hebrews 11. It's impossible to please God without faith, because at the very core of our beliefs, we have to have faith that God exists, right? We have to have faith that what God says is true, and we have to act according to it. So if we turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and you guys are very familiar with the scripture, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Now I want to break down that passage a little bit. Okay, so faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So what are the things that are not seen? Well, in many cases, prophecy, the word of God spoken in your life, the blessing of God, these are things not seen in the real world. But our faith is evidence that they will manifest, that they are coming around the corner. So we have to produce faith as the evidence for the blessing of God in our life. We have to produce faith as the evidence that God is going to move mightily in our life and that his will will be made manifested in our life. That is essential to our testimony. And the thing is, is that when we do not operate in faith, we don't have the evidence that the things of God are going to manifest in our life. So we're going to continue to operate according to the world system, according to reality as we see it, not as God says it. But when we act in faith, suddenly there's evidence for something beyond our own reality. There's evidence that the Word of God is going to manifest in our life. And here's the thing about not operating according to faith. So you're probably thinking, okay, so if I'm not operating in faith, I haven't produced the evidence. But really, it's much worse than that. When you're not operating in faith, what are you operating in? You're operating in unbelief, okay? And unbelief is actually evidence against God's will manifesting in your life. So in the court of heaven, when you're operating on belief, first of all, your own testimony it has no evidence. There's no collaborators. There's no witnesses. 
it won't hold up in court. But not only that, your testimony has witnesses and evidence to the contrary against your own testimony because you are operating in unbelief. So how can you expect God's word, God's will to manifest in your life when you're operating in unbelief? It's a pretty big deal operating in unbelief. So I want us to go through this chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews 11, and many people call it the hall of faith, faith in action, you know, because it goes through all of these giants and all of these leaders that had such faith in God that the word of God was more real to them than the world around them, than what they saw with their own two eyes. Okay, so I'm reading in the NIV version. I'm just going to go right from verse 1. And we just read this passage. But So now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And so the wording is a little different, but the message is the same. This is what the ancients were commended for. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Now, isn't that amazing? Even when God created the heavens and the earth, faith came first before the manifestation of the word. Even when God created the heavens and the earth, the faith had to come first before the manifestation. So we as Christians, we're no better than God. It would be foolish to think so. So the manifestation cannot come in your life until you first produce the faith because if god has to produce the faith for the manifestation to come how can we produce the manifestation without faith right so the faith that's the evidence that the manifestation is coming so by faith we understand the universe was formed at god's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible verse 4 by faith abel abel brought god a better offering than cain did by faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from his life, so he did not experience death. He could not be found, because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with the faith. And I just want to stop with on Noah for just a second, because Noah is just another example of how the word of God was more real to Noah than what he saw with his eyes. I just want you to think about the task that God had Noah do. Imagine God coming and telling you, you need to build a boat because the entire world is going to be covered in a flood. It's a pretty out there proposition, right? It's a pretty outlandish thing to say because you're thinking of the logistics of that. Well, where's all that water going to come from, right? How is that even going to happen? I mean, have you seen Mount Everest, God? Have you seen how tall Mount Everest is, right? So it's already an out there proposition to begin with. Now let's contextualize it with Noah's time. Now, when Noah was living, there had never even been a flood. They had never even seen water accumulate 
like that before. So imagine telling somebody who's never seen a flood in his life. Okay, maybe he's never even had a boat. Maybe he didn't even know what a boat was. What if they weren't even near water? Okay, and telling him that the whole world will be covered in water. He can't even understand it, really, right? God was explaining something to Noah that he had never experienced before. But Noah did not live according to what he saw or what he heard. The word that God had spoken was more real to Noah than what he saw around him. So it didn't matter if people jeered and scoffed and mocked him, right? Get a load of this guy. You think, wow, he's crazy, right? But for Noah, the word of God was more real. And that's what the word of God needs to be like in our life, where if God speaks something over you, if God says something in your life that is more real than what you see and what you experience with your senses. Okay? So the next verse, by faith, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign land country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And that's that's such an awesome picture, right? A city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And everything that we do when we live by faith is adding to the plan that God is the master architect, the master planner of. Amen? So we're going to go down a little bit, but the, the scripture, it keeps going. It goes through Moses. It goes through Joshua. It goes through all these people. And if we go down to verse 32, the chapter begins to sum things up. And it says, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses were turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goats, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And that's such an amazing passage, because that is applicable to right now. God had planned something better for us, his people, so that only together with us would they be made perfect perfect. So the calling of those who came before us, the calling of Abraham and Moses and David, their calling and the fruits of their faith is now being fulfilled and brought to completion through the body of Christ operating today. It is our task to make their calling perfect and to bring it to completion. And that's such a uh, exciting proposition. <laughs> And because really the body of Christ, we're going to be the ones to usher forth 
the coming of Jesus Christ. We're going to be the ones to usher forth God's glory manifesting on the earth and covering the earth like the waters cover the sea. And that's an exciting thing to live for. Amen. And, you know, just like with Abraham, right? Abraham had no concept of the fullness of the plan of God. He knew that God told him that he would be a great nation, right? That his descendants would be so numerous that they would be unable to be counted, that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed, all the peoples of the earth would be blessed. But he had no concept because, you know, so Abraham was probably thinking in terms of a political nation, right? That had geographical borders, right? It was a physical place. But God's plan extended so far beyond that because now we, as believers, are adopted sons and daughters of Abraham through faith. So in that way, the will of God and the plan of God for Abraham is being continued and perfected through the body of Christ today. And we're continuing that call that all nations of the earth, through you, the nations of the earth will be blessed. We are inheritors of that calling. We have inherited that calling, and that's part of our calling, that all the nations of the earth will be blessed through the body of Christ today. Amen? So now, I want you to stop and think, okay? So we're going to go back to verse 33, because it talked about the kinds of deeds these people performed that showed why their faith was so exemplary, okay? And hopefully by the end of this, you'll begin thinking about faith in a different way. So verse 33, it says, So all these people who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses were turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Now, what kind of actions are we not seeing there? All these actions include overcoming, right? Doing the impossible, slaying giants, right? What kind of actions are we not seeing there that Christians are often struggling with on day-to-day basis? Abraham wasn't remembered, right, because he believed and prayed to God concerning his finances. How many in the body of Christ are living by faith about their finances? How many in the body of Christ are still struggling to have faith in God concerning their relationships, right? You know, they have their journal, right? They're praying to God, God, when will I find the one who I will marry, right? Where's the godly relationship that you have for me, right? Abraham, David, Noah, they weren't remembered for these day-to-day issues that much of the body of Christ is still struggling to believe and obey God with every single day. So many of us, we still haven't gotten over our monthly mortgage payment. We haven't gotten over our monthly car payment. The people in the scripture weren't remembered because they believed God would pay for their house. They weren't remembered because God paid for their car. They were remembered because they did the impossible, okay? Which meant that they were living those daily issues that we're struggling with. They had already overcome those. They had already overcome those on a daily basis. And yet we, as Christians, are still struggling with them. And how can we be expected to subdue nations? How can we be expected to slay giants if we can't deal with these little issues 
Imagine, because some of us, okay, our promised land, because we're all being called to the promised land. Some of us, our promised land is the business and financial sector. Some of us, it's the technology sector. Some of us, it's the entertainment sector. If you're struggling to deal with your finances today, if you're struggling to to figure that out, and you're still struggling on a day-to-day basis with that, now imagine you're the owner and operator of an international multi-billion dollar corporation. If you can't deal with your finances, you know, at your home, with what you have right now, how can you be expected to deal with the finances of a billion-dollar corporation? Because let me tell you, it's way more complicated. It's way more complex than what you're dealing with right now, right? But we in the body of Christ are still struggling again and again, and we haven't graduated from the little that God has given us. We have not graduated with the little that God has given us, right? With so much is given, so much is required. If you are faithful in little, then you will be faithful in much. So how can we be expected to inherit the promised land? How can we be expected to have influence in all these sectors of society? If we still haven't confronted these little issues that we've been letting build up over time, and for some of us, it's not finances, right? For some of us, it might be family members, right? Maybe issues that we don't want to address because it makes us uncomfortable, right? Right? It's kind of uncomfortable. It's easier to ignore it. If you have issues that you would rather just ignore and let sit by the wayside, you're not going to be able to move into the promised land, to move into the calling that God had for you because you're taking the path of least resistance. You're not stepping out in faith to right wrongs. You're not stepping out in faith to speak truth. You're not stepping out in faith to establish God's kingdom and do things according to his perfect will in your life. Okay, all of these people in Hebrews, they had a choice because they could have lived a comfortable, stable, normal life or they could have obeyed God. And God was calling them into the unknown. With Abraham, leave your father's household to a land I will show you, right? So Abraham had a choice. He could have stayed with his family, okay? And then when his father died, he probably would have inherited the estate, right? Inherited his father's assets. That means that he would have had stability. He would have had, you know, some influence. He would have had a satisfactory and a normal life. You know, it was dependable. It was stable. It was predictable. But God was calling Abraham to something far, far greater. But he had to leave his father's household, and step into the unknown and step into a place that he had never been before to receive something far, far greater. And brothers and sisters, some of you will choose, well, I just want the stable, normal life. But you will be more fulfilled. You will be more content. You'll be more satisfied in life if you are willing to confront the unknown if you are willing to step out in faith and receive the call that God had for you and go into the promised land. Everyone in the Bible received a calling like that. They were either going to choose to stay with what was comfortable or they were going to go into a place you know, that they were not comfortable. And I know some of you, you have been called by God to something that you're not comfortable, something that is not according to your plan. 
something that is not according to the way that you would want to do things. But if God is calling you there, that is where you're going to find the most fulfillment. That is where you're going to be the happiest. That's where you're going to find the most complete and perfect life. And it'll be far greater than anything you can imagine. Just like with Abraham, the call that God had on Abraham's life was so much greater than what he imagined. So you have a choice. And, you know, it's time we step by faith, but we have to deal with it. It's a twofold thing, right? Because, yeah, we have to step into the unknown, but we also have to deal with the things that God has given us already. Those instructions that you've been sitting on, maybe you bundle up prophecies, maybe you have received instruction from God and you've been sitting on it and sitting on it. If you're not following those instructions, you haven't produced the faith. You haven't produced the evidence necessary for God's blessings to manifest on your life. So the blessings cannot appear. They cannot manifest unless you start obeying and acting according to faith. You got to produce the evidence to back up your testimony. You got to produce the evidence. And the thing is, is that these small issues and some of us, you know, they're things that we've been putting off a long time and suddenly they're rearing their ugly head, right? And we're being forced to confront them. Okay, we're going to be forced to confront those issues we put off, those things that we hid in dark crevices that we didn't want to confront. So why don't we act in faith now and deal with them? Straighten our paths. Make ourselves holy before God so that we can step into the promised land. Because here's the thing. If we can't deal with the little issues now, we're not going to be able to inhabit the promised land. Because what happened when the Israelites went into the promised land? What waited for them? There were giants. There were fortresses. Right? There were armies that waited for them. And the promised lands that we are entering, you know, you look at the entertainment industry, you got Hollywood, you got Disney, you look at technology, you've got Google, you got the Facebooks. Okay? Those are giants. Those are behemoths that stand before us. And if we can't deal with and confront the small issues in our life right now, there's no way you're going to be able to confront those giants. You will not be equipped to confront those giants. So start with the region that you have right now, the influence that you have right now. Make every path straight because as you take that responsibility, as you, as you fix those crooked paths, then you're going to be able to take on a little more and a little more. And then suddenly you're going to be doing the impossible. You're going to be David slaying Goliath. You're going to be Moses parting the Red Sea. And here's the thing. Okay, because I don't want to scare you guys too much about the talk of giants. I don't want to scare you guys too much about the talk of what we are up against. Because there is good news for those of us that act in faith. So when Joshua and the Israelites, when they entered the promised land and they started to act in faith, right? They consecrated themselves before entering the promised land. You could see uh, Joshua says to the people before they enter the promised land, consecrate yourselves for the Lord will do great things in your sight tomorrow before you. So we have to consecrate ourselves. We have to deal with everything in our life and prepare ourselves and then step out in faith. But what happened when the Israelites stepped out in faith? They stepped onto the Jordan and what happened? The water stopped flowing and they, and they walked across on dry land. Okay, they went up to Jericho, a fortress city. And what happened? The walls collapsed before them. God knocked the walls down for them. So, yes, we're going to be confronting giants. And yes, we're going to be uprooting strongholds and tearing down strongholds. But the thing is, is that when we operate by faith and we are obedient to God, 
Okay, that's the key. Obedient to God. We don't got to do the heavy lifting. Okay? We just got to be in the right place at the right time obeying God, and He is going to knock down the walls for you. But you got to produce the evidence. You got to produce the faith. Amen? So we're going to operate in faith this week. Amen? We're going to see faith in action this week. And we're going to start dealing with those issues that some of you have been hiding from, that some of you have been afraid to deal with. Well, you know, fear is not faith, okay? We need to act in faith and deal with them and trust that God's going to take care of those issues, right? Because you know, with your finances, with your family members, God cares for your family members more than you do, as tough as that is to believe. So we can trust him in every aspect of our life. Amen? Well, that's all the time that we have for this week. My name is Joshua Sasa. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time, and I hope that you apply these words in your life. You apply faith in your life. And as always, if you enjoy this broadcast, if this word has impacted you in some way, visit our website, SOGMI.org. Again, that's SOGMI.org. You can listen to previous broadcasts of this radio show. And you can also support this radio ministry by hitting the donate button right there on our homepage. This radio broadcast, we are able to keep going by generous people like yourselves that send us money and support this mission. And it helps us expand and really reach out and bring this message to people. So if you want to donate and you want to support this ministry, go to the website, SOGMI.org. Again, my name is Joshua Sasso. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Be sure to join in next week. We've got tons of new developments for you, and we are really going to be working to improving this broadcast over the course of the next couple months. You're going to want to look out for that. But until next time, God bless you.